Anybody need to hear that message this morning? Anybody need to hear those words, our God saves? It's not about what you can do. Your job doesn't save. Your family doesn't save. Your religion doesn't save. Your God saves. Anybody need to hear that? Nobody? Just me? Yeah, I mean, anybody, anybody like that? There's hope in your name? I got to tell you, I, I've had a crazy weekend. Um, it was not as crazy as last weekend on my mission trip, but it was, um, some of y'all weren't here apparently to hear Daryl's talk. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, our God saves it. I need to be reminded of that sometimes because I fall into the assumption that, that it's about me and it's about what I can do. It's about my life and the, and the gifts that God's given me. So it's on me to use those things. I fall into that all the time. I, f- I fall into the, the, the misconception that what I really do, what I have to think, what I have to say really matters if I take it on myself and don't give it to God. I, I start to worry about my job. I start to worry about my future. I start to worry about the future of my daughter. I start to worry about what's going to happen 10 years from now. What's going to happen when I'm gone? Who's going to care for her? Do I have to put that on my son? I worry about financially. How's she going to look? How's she going to make it? I worry about this stuff. I panicked Thursday, Friday, and Saturday this week. I don't panic. Daryl started me on down this path, though, by the way. Thanks for that, Daryl. Something he said in the office sent me in a tailspin. And he didn't mean to. He wasn't even, he has no idea. He just is learning about it now. We're going to have to talk after the service. But it sent me into a tailspin. And I spent Friday, it was, Jenna called it the day of Michael. Um, both, both of our kids are in school on Fridays now, and she had some luncheon and stuff. So it was just be me by myself. And I spent the day on the couch, and I don't do that especially when the weather is changing and it's cool and there's just like life everywhere. And, and man, I, I, was, I was hurting and I was hurting yesterday. I needed to hear that song today. I needed to hear that message, our God saves. First service, we didn't do it. You know why? Because the congregation wasn't into it. Or, or so we thought. I knew that song was coming, and, and then they cut it, and they start praying. And I walk up here, and I'm like, Daryl, dude, what happened to our God saves? They weren't into it. We were, we were giving them everything they got and be the sinner. They were giving us nothing back. So we cut it. And I understand that because I, I get up sometimes, and I'm preaching, and you're all just staring at me like I'm some goofy little, well, that's most Sundays. But you give nothing back to me, and it kills me. And I, and I just start stumbling. What? Because I feed off of what you do, and so do they. And so it, it sometimes can really rock your direction of where you're going. And I think what we needed to remind ourselves, that it's not about what you give us, it's about what we give God. 
I think we need to remind ourselves, the worship team and me included, that it's not about what, what, you know, we can get up here and play the best song and never hit a wrong note and sing the perfect harmony. I can get up here and give the perfect sermon, the one that is just going to just be magnificent that all of you are going to talk about for the rest of your lives. And it doesn't matter if we're not doing it for God. It doesn't matter if we're not up here remembering those words. Our God saves. It's not about us. It's about him. It doesn't matter if we, if we come into this place in a state of emptiness and you sit on your hands and don't sing and you don't react and you don't laugh even though I am so funny. It doesn't matter if we're opening ourselves out and letting God come through and letting that message. There's hope in his name. Did anybody but me need to hear that today? Anybody? You know, maybe not today, maybe... A month ago, or maybe, you know what, you're going to need it tomorrow. Or on Friday. Does anybody need to hear that message? Man, I tell you what, that is something that I don't remind myself enough of. That is something that I don't say to myself enough times. That is something, look, it's very rare that Daryl gets emotional. He was emotional up here praying because he's 6'4 and he works out and stuff. Six, six. Sorry, I don't want to slide you. I knew that was coming. But you could hear it. You could hear it. You can feel when God's moving and God's opening something down. And this has got to be a community where you got to walk in here and say, you know what? I need to tell somebody that I need to hear those words our God saves. I've had a bad week. I've had a bad month. I have had a bad year. I need to unload and let the brothers and sisters of Christ that God's surrounding me with come forward and go, hey, it's all right. Our God saves. There's hope in the name Yeshua. There's hope in the name of Jesus. There is hope that the world doesn't always tell us because let's face it, the world stands against us. This has got to be a community where it's okay for you to come in and to put both hands up and to scream at the top of your voice off key. But our God saves. It's got to be a community where we can come in and be who we are. Ross King says, one of his quotes is, Sunday morning, the church is the most dishonest place on any given week on Sunday morning. Something like that. I'm really messing that comment up. But a lot of times, isn't that true? Because we walk in, how are things going? Great. I'm at church. It's great. I dressed up a little bit nicer. I tucked my shirt in today. You know, I'm not wearing shorts. Things are great. Things are, no, they're not. I'm broken. I'm hurt. I live in a fallen world. Now, every week may not be that week. You may come in some weeks and go, you know what? It is awesome. I've had the best week. I have just been blessed beyond imagination. And everywhere I turn, there is God's face I see. And I'm just, let me unleash the presence of God and what he's done for me this week. But we need to be a place where it's okay to be who we are. It's okay to be who God's creating us to be. It's okay, it's okay to be broken. It's okay to be fallen because we live in a fallen world. We live in a world of hurt. We live in a world of sickness. We live in a world of death. 
But that's not all there is for us. Because we live with the understanding of a Christ who gave his life for us so that we may be restored. We live with a hope that is greater than this world has to offer us. We live with a hope that says one day there will be no more sickness, no more pain, no more suffering. No more death, no more decay, no more rust, no more joblessness, no more hunger, no more thirst. We live in a world with the realization that Christ has conquered all of those things. Where, O oh, death, is your victory? Where, O oh, death, is your sting? That's the world I live in. But I don't always remember that. And so sometimes I have to let God kick me in the tushy and say, Remember our God? He saves, doesn't he? Where's your hope? Our hope is in God. There was this guy who came to Jesus once and he said, hey, what must I do to get eternal life? Jesus said, keep the commandments. And the guy said, uh, okay, which ones? Do not murder. Yeah, got that one. Do not steal. Yep, got that one. Do not testify falsely. Honor your father and mother. Love your neighbor as yourself. Man says to Jesus, Jesus, I've kept all these things. What else is there? There's got to be something else. What else must I do to get Ionios eternal life? Jesus says, sell all your possessions, give it to the poor. Then come follow me. At this The young man drops his head. He's crestfallen, some translations say. And he walks away because why? He had a lot of possessions. This is Matthew 19, verse 16 through 22. That's where we are today. The way that this guy was operating is the way that a lot of times religion operates. See, what he was asking Jesus is, how do I get this eternal life? It was something that the Jews sought after. It was something that they believed would come and come soon. Access to eternal life, ionios is the Greek word there. That that means something that is characteristic of God, something that is subject to God. It doesn't mean forever and ever. It's not a Randy Travis song. Thank you, Kevin. It's not some like, it's something where a world that exists where there is no death, sickness, rust, decay. Those things don't exist in this thing that God encompasses. Where peace is, where joy resides. Access to this wasn't believed that one day in a far off place in the land far, far away. It was believed that here and now you have access to this Ionio. So how do I? How do I get access to this, he asks him. Now, he comes at this from uh, almost a pharisaical approach. He wasn't a Pharisee that we know of. We just know he's rich. He was a young guy. But he comes to Jesus with this assumption that there are certain things that you must do in order to receive access to this eternal life. There are certain things that you must accomplish Jesus, of course, knows where he's going with this, so he answers him with the commandments, but he only gives them five of them. He leaves out 
What? Don't be afraid. Where are the commandments he leaves out? What do they talk about? God. Thou shalt have no other God but me. Right? Remember those? Talking about all the ones that deal with God. What Jesus gives him are the commandments that deal with other people. The commandments that deal with relationships with one another. This guy is coming to this in a religious facet saying, I need to do this, 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 and this. Check them all off and I'm good to go. This guy, Michael Metzger, uh, is a, a scholar today and he, he's written about this thing called the four chapter gospel in which he believes that the gospel can be seen in four chapters. You have uh, uh, creation, the fall, redemption, and restoration. These are the four chapters of the gospel. Creation, the fall, redemption, and restoration. He says, however, the last few decades we have changed that, and it's more than just a few decades, to a two-chapter gospel. We focus on the fall and redemption. That's it. We focus on the fact that you're a horrible person, that you are just mired in sin and death, and it's just, you're never, you're just going to burn, so turn, you know? And we offer you the prayer. Hey, say this prayer with me. You'll have eternal life. Boom, you're in. Great job. Next. Right? It's kind of like this assembly line of people of, you're horrible. Let's say the prayer. Done. Next. You're horrible. Let's say the prayer. Done. Next. Now serving. And while that is true, that if you give your life to Christ, and as Paul says, believe in your heart and profess with your mouth that Christ is Lord, you will be saved. Yes, great. That's not all there is. That there's more to it than that. Because one day you're going to find yourself in a place where you need to hear the words again, our God saves. And you're not going to hear that just on Sunday morning. In fact, the whole purpose of the church of the body of Christ is that you hear it every day from each other. We have to get back to this four-chapter gospel way of living, recognizing that there was a creation. That is the way things ought to be. When God thought of us, he's like, oh, this is great. Let me create it. That's the way things ought to be. There shouldn't be hunger in the world. There shouldn't be people who get diseases because they don't have access to clean water. We have too much money and too much technology in our world for that to still exist. There, we should live in a world where there is no more fighting. Seriously, the things we fight over. That's the way things ought to be. But because of the fall, that's the way things are. The fall is the is. The reality is that people are hungry. The reality is that cancer exists. The reality is that wars go on. That's the reality. The redemption. The redemption part is Jesus came and what he could do for us was to conquer sin and death and offer us this gift of life. And so now it's us. What can we do? What can we do to address the is that is and move forward to the will be restoration? The will be, the restoration, this is the things, this is how it's going to be. God promises us that there will be a time when there is no more death, no more sickness, no more sin, no more darkness, no more wars, no more hunger, no more addiction. There will be a time when that is the reality. 
Until that time, we live in the can. So what is it that you can do? Now, if you live your life from a two-chapter fold, you're just going to check off some boxes and then go back to the world. But if you live your life on a four-chapter gospel mindset, then you understand the creation, the fall, the redemption, the restoration. You understand that you play a key part in it, that it's not my job. It's not Daryl's job to bring the love of Christ to the world. It's our job. It's not my job to tell you that, you know what, there's hope in Jesus' name. For sure there is, but it's your job to tell one another. What is it that you can be doing? This rich young man is wanting to just check something off. And what Jesus says is, no, it's not just some hoops that you jump through. It's a way of life. It's a different understanding of what you have. It's a way of being in the spirit. So what does God do? He sends us the spirit and gives us these gifts, these talents, these abilities. Some of us, he gave a lot of money. Some of us, he said, you know what? You're going to be really successful, and I want you to use those gifts and talents that I have given you to change the world for the glory of my name. He's not saying give everything you have away. Nowhere in here does it say you can't be rich. Some of you are going, whew, Daryl, right? Am I right? (laughs) Nowhere in there does it say that. What it says is do Something. Be the change. For that somewhere. You have this ability. For some of you, it's money. For some of you, it's music. For some of you, it's prayer. For some of you, it's teaching. For some of you, I don't know. What is it? What is it that God has put on your heart? What is it when you watch the news, when you read the newspaper, when you see internet news, you see something and you're like, that can't happen. For this guy, his name's Blake, he saw these diseases that were caused by people who had no shoes. And he said, that can't happen. And so he created a company called Tom's. Anybody ever heard of it? He's changing a part of the world, isn't he? Making some money doing it too, but he's changing a part of the world. And that's what God cares about. Is that you see the will be and you understand your can and you make your can move to the will be. You don't just check off a box, but you change your life. See this Ionios, this, this character of characteristic of God. What William Barclay says about this is, is that the greatest characteristic of God was that he loved so much he gave his life. If then... You want eternal life. If you want access to this way of living where peace resides and hope and joy. If you want access to this way of life where death no longer wins and decay and rust and rot no longer exist. If you want that, then grab hold of that characteristic of God of giving. Love so much. Love each other so much that we give what God has given us. To the glory of his name, so that others may know of him. Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you for life. We thank you that you loved us so much you were willing to give your life for us. We thank you, God, that you have given each of us 
a gift, a talent, an ability, whatever it is that you put something on our hearts that a lot of times we push aside, we ignore, we forget about. We don't think we're ready. We don't think we're smart enough, holy enough, whatever it is. Ignite that fire inside of us, Lord. Ignite that fire inside of us so that we can, we can see where our place in this kingdom is, that we have access to the Spirit. Let us tap into that and move into this world to the glory of your name. God, we thank you and praise you in Jesus Christ's holy and precious name. Amen.